Let's pray. Father, God, as we look to you, as we look to your word today, let it not be the words of a, of a crafted sermon by a man, but Holy Spirit, would you come? Touch our hearts. Speak to us today, Lord, that which you have for us. Make it real, Lord. Open our eyes, open our hearts to you and what you have for us. We praise you and give you the glory, Lord. Through Christ we pray. Amen. So we've been talking about overcoming temptation. Uh, as we finished up in our series in John, we, we looked at the struggles that we have against the, the, the world, the flesh, and the devil, right? Um, all coming against us. Our own flesh. Uh, our own hearts, as we saw, as the proverb says, deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? Our own hearts are, deceive us at times and lead us into things that are not good for us. And God is for us, right? We need to establish that right off the bat. He is for us. Um, we, you know, you look at the Ten Commandments sometimes, people say, well, God is this just cosmic killjoy who never wants us to have any fun, and he puts this fence up, you know, and it's the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, and, and God's trying to keep us from all these things. And what we don't realize is that when God shares his wisdom uh, to us through his commands and exhortations to us, it's not a fence keeping us from something better. It's a guardrail on the edge of a cliff, Right? And we, and we see that, we've seen that in our lives, haven't we? When we step outside, we hop over that guardrail, we get ourselves into trouble. God loves us, plain and simple, and wants to give us everything that we need to live the best quality, most blessed life that we can. And, uh, cause he's just awesome. So, we're looking at the fact that we, we still have this, this flesh, right? This this human body that that can lead us into trouble, this tongue that gets us into trouble a whole lot of times. Um, and if we don't keep that in check, you know, how, how we injure ourselves and other people. Those uh, physical and emotional uh, impulses and inclinations that, uh, that, that seem to get us off track. So how can we overcome? Uh, first of all, we looked at the fact that God, because he loves us, what is his posture toward us in all these things? Is he, is he, is he mean, disappointed, I, I, you know, you got to get this straight? No, his arms are open. He is our helper, right? He wants to come alongside of us. That's, that's, that's what the whole gospel is about. Instead of just the law that, that they couldn't keep and we can't keep, he wanted to come and live inside of us and lead us in the ways that are good and lead to blessing, right? So God's posture toward us at any given moment is open arms and willing to help. Do you realize that? That's why the Bible says, uh, for, for believers, we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Not because we're anything, right? Because Jesus opened that door for us. God loves us. So loved us that he sent Jesus to die for us. So we let's understand that right off. We also talked about how we see ourselves, what we believe in our heart. 
I'm weak. I'll never overcome that. It's just the way it's always been. It's always going to be. No, right? We need to align our beliefs, what we think in our heart, with the word of truth, what God says about us in his word. Uh, we talked about the importance of our thoughts and how they affect us. You know, th- thoughts over and over. I can't do this. I'm, I'm too weak. Da, 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 da. You, did, you, did you do that this week? A challenge last week. Listen to your thoughts. You know, what are your thoughts telling you about God and about you? Are those thoughts lining up with the Word of God? Or are they lining up with what we see and what we feel? And we get to the end of the week and we're just all beat up because I'll never be as good as them and I can't do this and, you know, all that stuff. Our thoughts continually feed us. And as we think in our hearts, so are we, right? The scripture says. Today, uh, we want to look at what I'm going to call the strategy of substitution. The strategy of substitution. Pastor years ago said, God doesn't take something away that he doesn't give us something better, right? Um, it's not just, how many remember the D.A.R.E. program? You know, just say no. And that was kind of effective. But how many people have sat across the, the kitchen table from the third cupcake and just tried to say no? You know what I'm saying? Just say no is is not really effective. I mean, because the more you try to, you know, in your own willpower, try to say no, you know, the more it wears you down kind of thing. So instead of saying no to the temptation, substitute that with, let's say yes to God. What is God doing in this situation? How is God leading in this situation? Because if I'm walking in this direction, I can't walk in this direction, right? It's just physically impossible. So, the strategy of substitution. Galatians 5.16 says this, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit, and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Thanks for listening. Go now in peace. Um, It is a pretty simple, straightforward statement, right? And yet, I think we need to talk about how to practically walk it out in everyday life. Let's look at the context of this verse. Pick up Galatians 5. Go ahead and turn there. Again, we, we do put a lot on the screens, but it's always nice to have it in your own Bible because uh, it kind of makes a memory there and you go back to it and you read it and it's comfortable and uh, make little notes in there. It's, it's not, it's not uh, sacrilegious to write notes in your Bible. Uh, I'll give you the, the, the papal okay to do that. Um, good to have those notes there for remembrance. Circle keywords and stuff. Okay, Galatians 5.13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. What's he talking about? This, this, this is the hallmark of the, the, the what we call the Pauline theology. He wrote most of the New Testament. What was Paul's theology? Is that we, we are no longer bound under Judaism to the written law. We have to do this. We have to hit this standard. We have to keep all these rules, regulations, feasts. You can't eat bacon, you know, all that stuff, and, and, and men have to be circumcised. You, you have to do all that stuff if you're going to be right before God. 
And Paul is saying, okay, change, new covenant. Jesus Christ took our sin on the cross. He died in our place. He paid the price for our sin. Those sins have been washed away. You no longer are bound to this. You have to hit this standard. No, salvation, righteousness comes by faith in Jesus Christ alone. Freedom, right? It's no longer this heavy chain around my neck. I gotta hit this standard. I've gotta be, you know, perfect. No, freedom. It, Jesus Christ did it all for us. That's what sets biblical Christianity apart from every other religion. Think about it. Every other religion is a religion of works, deep down. It's a religion of you've got to jump through these hoops in order to attain. Jesus Christ says, I've done it all for you. Here, believe in me and be free. But see, it's that love and that grace and, and again, that indwelling Spirit of God and presence of God that changes us from the inside. We've talked about that, changing even our motivations and our desires, right? So, yes, we end up loving God and loving one another, right? But it's, it's an inward motivated change, not an outward law. So Paul is saying you're called to that freedom, Righteousness as a gift. But he says, don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. In other words, don't say, hey, now I'm righteous in Christ. My righteousness is dependent on Jesus, so I can just go and do whatever I feel like doing anytime I feel like doing it. Well, we've talked about that before. Um, he says, but through love serve one another. And he says in verse 14, For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Repeating here the words of Jesus, right? Because if we love one another, if we truly love one another, we're not going to steal, we're not going to kill, we're not going to bear false witness, we're not going to do any of that kind of stuff, we're not going to covet, you know, what our neighbor, because we are loving them, right? So loving God and loving others really covers it all. Not as an outward rule, but as an inward motivation of the heart. A heart transformed by the love of God and his presence in our lives. He says, verse 15, though, but if, but, notice that, if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. So here's the rub, as they say. Even though we as believers in Christ are born again by the Spirit, we are, we are made new creations in Christ, we are not God's puppets. Right? We're not God's puppets. You and I can still act selfishly, can't we? Yeah. We can still be unkind to one another. We can still say unkind things. We can still be prideful. Um... And, and all of that, and in doing so, cause great harm to our relationships, Paul is saying. You know, consumed by one another. We can do harm to others and ourselves in the process. And here's our verse. He says, but I say this, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk this way, you can't go that way, right? 
If you and I yield to the Holy Spirit, if we do the things that he leads us to do, we won't be gratifying the desires of the flesh. We will not be giving in, for example, to those emotional impulses that cause us to lash out to others, cause us to uh, gossip about them, act like we're better than them, be rude to people, right? Because that's not what the Spirit is leading in that circumstance, right? Verse 17 Notice the the conflict going on here. Um, Verse 17, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Let's break that down a little bit, unpack this. The flesh, as we know it, is self-centered, right? It's all about me. Me, my, mine, what I want, when I want it, that's the flesh. The spirit is love. The spirit is all about others, right? So they're opposed to one another. You can't be, oh, me, mine, I want, and be you, you're, you're better, you're, you know, do this for the betterment of you. Can't do that at the same time. So when we want to follow the spirit, The flesh is going, what? Are you crazy? You're going to let them get away with that? Right? How dare they treat you that way? No, uh -uh, they deserve a punch in the nose. Right? And when we want to punch somebody in the nose, the Holy Spirit is going, whoa, whoa, chill out, Ron. I have a better way. I have a better way. Right? Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Remember, Ron, you read that. One time in your past. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Right? You can't very well feed somebody and punch him in the nose at the same time. Although I've been to some weddings, you know, when they do the cake thing, Pet peeve of mine. I don't like the cake thing when when it's it's like, you know, here's this beautiful tender moment where it says, you know, I'm I'm going to be fed from your hand. I'm going to be fed from your hand. We're going to love each other. We're going to take it, you know. It's, pet peeve. Pet, no judgment on anybody else. Just pet peeve of mine. But anyway, you can't you can't feed somebody out of the love of your heart and punch them in the nose at the same time, right? Um, the, 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 he says, if, you're, if he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. Somebody disses you, you know, somebody talks smack about you, somebody's, uh, you know, doing this or doing that. What? You know, what I feel like doing, what my flesh wants to do is react, right? Is lash out some way or the other, or, or just give somebody the silent treatment. That's, you know, passive-aggressive, whatever. Um, but what is the Holy Spirit saying? Overcome evil with good. Wow. Interesting thought, right? The strategy of substitution is to substitute what the Holy Spirit leads 
for what our flesh wants to do. Not simply not doing the one thing, but doing the other, intentionally doing the other. It's one thing not to lash out at a coworker who's driving you nuts while inwardly you're just boiling, you're just seething inside. I'm not going to say anything. And it's just this awful, you know, you're putting all these bad chemicals and hormones through your system and it's acting on your heart and, you know, doing you no good at all. And then you, and then you hold it and then you, you come home in the door and something, you know, kids or whatever and you lash out at them, you know, kind of thing. No, 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 no. It's quite another thing to say, okay, Lord, what are you saying in this situation? Well, hmm, what did Jesus say? Pray for those who despitefully use you, right? Begin to pray for that other person. Look for a way to be kind to them. But it just doesn't make sense. I know, because... The Holy Spirit knows a whole lot more than we do, and we just want to, you know. But we know when we just give in, it gets us into trouble and other people in trouble. How, how, how many, um, don't raise your hands, but, but how, <laughs> thanks, Ed. Um, how many really have gone the way of revenge, gotten that dig in, gotten that last word in, and it lasts for about 30 seconds? Right? It doesn't really solve anything. It doesn't really help anything. But, but if you continually do good to somebody that's driving you nuts, right? Not only does it take that chain off of your back and that out of your heart, but hopefully over the course of time, the person's going to say, what is up with you? You know? Uh, the, the Bible talks about, um, you, you've heard that verse, because in doing so, you heap coals of fire on their head. And it's like, ha, ha, I got you. No, that's not what Jesus is saying. Um, at a quick glance, you know, it looks like that. But, but back in the, in the day, um, they say they used to wear these helmets that you could actually, you know, you'd go visit somebody and they'd put a coal in there and it would help keep your head warm kind of thing. But that's a possibility. The other possibility is that it just... It's like coals of fire on their head. Their, their conscience is going, wait a minute, I know I'm treating them like dirt. And they're, they're doing good. They're helping me on the job. They're praising me to the boss. They're doing this and that. It's like, why is this going on, right? And it's working on them. That's, that's what I think, you know, like coals of fire on their head. Their, their conscience is like, uh, they go, okay, there's something different about them, right? Hopefully it gives us an opportunity to tell them about the love of Jesus, because we're showing it to them in a very difficult situation, right? So that's, it's not, again, not doing one thing, it's intentionally doing the other. Romans 12:14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them, right? That's, and, and to bless somebody is more than just out of our mouth, isn't it? Be a blessing to that person. I know it just feels like this doesn't make sense, and it doesn't to our flesh. But it sure does to the Holy Spirit. Look at, look at what happened to the world that God so loved, a world that was in sin and rebellion to him. And what did he do? He had every right in the world to condemn us all, 
But what did he do? He came with grace and mercy and love and changed our lives and changed the world, right? Yeah. So the Holy Spirit's going to be leading us according to love and also according to the Word of God. If the Bible says, go this way, you can, you can be sure that's the direction that the Holy Spirit is leading. Colossians 3.12 says this, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. See, if we're doing those things, compassion, kindness, humility, we're not going to be going into pride and revenge and, and gossip and you know all these other harmful things, are we? We're not going to be following our flesh and creating problems. Now, we need to say this too. Psalm 1. Psalm 1.1. Blessed is the man or woman who, who, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the seat of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Blessed is that person. Uh, the Amplified Bible uh, defines that. Bless, happy, to be envied. Right, is that person blessed by God. When you and I follow the direction of the Holy Spirit, when we don't go the way of the flesh, but we substitute what is the Lord saying, what is the Holy Spirit saying, what is the Word of God saying in this, in this situation, we need to say, because, because feeding your enemy is hard. You know, let's, let's not candy coat this and say, this is wonderful. This person's driving me nuts and I just, I just want to go home and make them a cake. You know, let's, let's be real. This is hard. This is difficult stuff. Not retaliating is hard. Being patient is hard. Forgiving is hard. Right? Let's be honest. Not giving into that initial temptation is not easy. But going the way of the Lord, going the way of His Word, going, following the Holy Spirit will bring the blessing of God. It may not be immediate. Well, I brought them cupcakes yesterday and they're still nasty to me. Yeah, because they're broken human beings, probably with a lot of junk in their past, and they don't know the love of Jesus that's transformed their lives. So we got to, you know, come on. What are we expecting from the world? What are we expecting from people in darkness? When I was, when I was a, a, a newborn Christian, I used, to, I used to pull the cuss card, you know. Well, you're saying, you know, all these cuss words in front of me. I don't appreciate that because I believe in God. What am I doing, right? I'm pushing people away, right? They're getting irritated with me because I'm holier than thou and all that kind of stuff. Just burning bridges, right? And then finally the Lord, you know, I tell you, he does this every once in a while, grabs me by the shirt collar and says, what do you expect? That's where you were not too long ago, Ron. You know, they're in darkness, and you're expecting them to act like Christians just because you're one? 
Let's get real here. What are we expecting from people? People are broken. People are hurting. People are responding out of their own protection. They're lashing out. They're trying to, you know, guard and protect themselves. But we need to take a deep breath and realize, wait a minute, God saved us out of that. I walk a different path now. So instead of responding in my flesh, I'm going to respond in the Spirit. I'm going to feed my enemy. I'm going to do good to them. I'm I'm not going to exchange unkind words or Facebook rants with people. I'm going to be respectful. I'm going to show them that I that I value them as a as a human being created in God's image. That's a choice. We feel like saying, no, I don't do that, right? What do you say in Holy Spirit? If I had a, if I had a quarter for every time I bang my head against my laptop going, it's just uh, it's hard. It's hard. But we can expect two things. Number one, we can expect ultimately the blessing of God on our lives as we walk in love. We will have peace. We will have joy. We will, we, God will work in our situations and take care of us if we will follow him, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that you need will be added to you. That's what he promises. But we can also expect him to meet us in those situations. Right? He says, I'll never leave you or I'll never forsake you. We can expect him to be there at the crossroads. When we have a decision to make where we want to lash out and we don't do it, we can expect the Holy Spirit right there, not only with the wisdom to say, no, 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 go this way, but with the power to do it. Because it's not all in our strength. It's our choice and his strength, right? So we've talked about the emotional side of things. What about the physical side of things? Let's take food, for example, because food is something that the vast majority of us struggle with. Again, how does the Holy Spirit lead when it comes to food? 1 Corinthians, okay, he leads according to the word. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, Or do you not know that your body, uh-oh, is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? How many have ever cleaned your house for an important guest? Right? How then should we care for our house? for someone of the utmost importance to not only visit, but to stay? How should we care for his dwelling? Right? Not, not, I'm not, not talking bad or evil. How would we care for the temple of God? Right? This is his dwelling. But, but actually, that passage goes on to say, uh, verse 19, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. So it's not really ours, is it? Like, like, like most of you guys, when my, when my kids were a certain responsible age, 
you know, if they wanted to use one of my tools, I, I would say, yeah, go ahead, just, you know, put it back when, you, when you're done with it, right? But, but what if I had borrowed a tool from my neighbor or a friend? They say, Dad, can I use that? What, what do we say? No. Why not? Because it's not mine. Right? We take better care of those things that aren't ours. Right? Well, guess what? You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. This human body of ours is on loan. We are really, according to the scriptures, we are stewards of something God has blessed us with, God has given us to interact with the world with, God has given us to show his love ultimately to other people with, to demonstrate the gospel with. We have this wonderful tool, right, that he's given us. It doesn't belong to us. So, to take care of these bodies, to eat right, right, to have the apple rather than the whole sleeve of Fig Newtons like I used to just about <laughs> every day when I'd come home from school as a teenager. You know, grab the box, eat the whole sleeve of Fig Newtons. That's, that was me, right? So it, it's, it's not just about not doing this, not doing that, not doing the other thing. It's about caring for this temple that the Lord has loaned to us. To go for a walk or whatever age or health appropriate exercise rather than being a couch potato, right? Overall, to use these bodies to glorify and honor the Lord. Again, if we're doing the one, if we've got this mindset, I've I got to care for this thing because it's not mine to just do whatever I want with. So I'm going to care for that. And if we're doing that, then we're not doing the other. Right? It's not just, oh, but I want another. No. Like, okay, God, this is yours. And again, trusting him to lead us, to help us, to empower us, to care for that which he's given us. One more thing about substitution, and this is, this is something that the Lord taught me personally. Um, take, for example, food again. You, you've heard the term comfort food, right? We eat things that taste good when we're down or we're stressed, right? We, we, we want that sense of pleasure to, to balance out, right, the, the down, the stress. Um, and, and we find then our source of comfort in food. But if we do that, what are we missing out on? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, listen to these words, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Do you see it? So if, if, if we're self-medicating um, with food or drugs or alcohol, pornography, whatever it is, if we are self-medicating when we're down and, and when we're stressed, what are we missing out on? 
We're getting our comfort, our joy, our, our, our rest, whatever, our pleasure from this. What are we missing? We're missing what's better, the God of all comfort who wants to comfort us in all our affliction. And the, the, the interesting thing about those temporary comforts, you know, right? We all know those temporary comforts are temporary, aren't they? They don't last. The problem is still there the next day. But when we get the comfort of God in a situation, it lasts. Even if the situation doesn't change, we've got a peace in our heart. We have a joy in our heart. So we need to not, not substitute that for what God wants to do in us. So when we're reaching for this or that or the other thing, you say, wait a minute. Does God have something better for me in this situation? Not only does he want to give us comfort in our afflictions, but he wants to give us something whereby where we can comfort in someone else when they're going through stress and difficulty and a rough time. So, the gift keeps on giving. Bring it all down, Galatians chapter 6, verse 8. I'll close with this. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. I kind of feel like Moses today. He's, you know, When he stood before Israel and he said, I set before you life and blessing, death and cursing, therefore choose life. God has blessing for us, right? If we go the way of the flesh and follow our impulses and our inclinations, it's going to lead to corruption. If we follow the Holy Spirit, if we follow the Word of God, it's going to lead to blessing and life. Plain and simple. So, how do we overcome the flesh? By intentionally choosing to follow the Holy Spirit, and lead to life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, once again, we thank you for your word. Lord, you have you've shown us a lot of things this morning. Help us, Lord, to ingest this truth, to uh, understand who you are and what you have for us. And trust that you will meet us in our times of temptation to overcome, to choose life, to experience life, and to pass that life on to others. We thank you for that, Lord. And as our heads are bowed, I don't know where everyone is at spiritually today. I hope that from this message you, 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 you've understood that we have a God who is not just uh, a, a religion, a set of rules to follow. He's, he's not about that. He is about a relationship with us, leading us in wisdom, guiding us in his truth so that he can help us to have the best quality of life possible. And if that's, if that's what you want in your life, can I tell you, that's what Jesus came for. That's why 
He died on the cross. He took our sin, took that which separated us from God, took it upon himself, took the penalty, took it all out of the way so that we could be reconciled back in a relationship with a God who loves us. If that's your heart today, just say, Jesus, I get it. I'm on board. I want you to be my Savior. I give you my sin. I want to know this relationship with God. Would you save me? Would you come and live in my heart and life and teach me what this is all about? Thank you, Lord, for that. I praise you, Lord, for who you are, our awesome, loving God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.